0: Welcome to the online Bible study. This week we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 18 to 22 as we finish up chapter 3. Now, this is a great passage of salvation about Christ's sacrificial death for the believers and what he did on the cross. It is a peek into what happened between his death and his resurrection. And then Peter launches into a discussion of baptism. So, let's begin by opening our Bibles to 1st Peter chapter 3 and let's start by reading verse 17 verses 17 and 18 say for it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil for Christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the Spirit now here Peter connects verses 17 with verse 18 in verse 17 he stated that it was better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil and then here in verse 18 Peter shows us the ultimate example Christ who suffered on the cross in order to make a way of salvation for sinful humanity Peter also spoke of this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, when it said, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Now note the words, for sins, in verse 18. These words are the very words used in the Old Testament for the sin offering. As we see in Leviticus five, seven and Leviticus six thirty. Now the point is clear here that Jesus Christ offered himself for sin. He was the fulfillment of the sin offering itself. Now remember God is perfect, right? And only perfect beings can live in God's presence. Therefore Christ, the perfect sacrifice, died to cover our sins so that we can be acceptable to God we no longer have to stand before God guilty of sin because Jesus Christ has died for our sin in Christ we stand acceptable to God but we must always remember why it is because Christ died for us the just one died for the unjust he sacrificed and substituted his life for us Now note also another fact in this verse. It says that Christ died once for our sins. Ladies, his death never has to be repeated. His death upon the cross satisfies God's completely and covers the sins and death of men forever. Jesus Christ paid once for all the sins that we have committed and for the ones that we will still commit. They have all been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, because of Christ dying on the cross, paying the debt of our sins, as the scripture says, the just paying for the unjust, we are seen as acceptable in the sight of God. We can live for eternity with God. But not only can we live throughout eternity with God, but we now have open access to God. Ladies, the veil of the temple was torn, which symbolizes the new and open way to God through Jesus Christ. We can be in God's presence 24-7. What an awesome privilege that we don't have to go through man, right? That we can go directly into God's presence any time of the day. Peter comforts us that when we suffer for doing right, that this kind of suffering is truly Christ-like. Jesus Christ's death was the ultimate injustice. He suffered for sins that were not His. He paid the price for our sins. But yet, it was through His death that we are brought to God. From tragedy and injustice, God brought good. The point is, when we do right and suffer for it, we can be sure that God intends to use our experience for good. Whatever happens to members of God's family, we can be sure that God, our loving Father, is at work for good in us. As Christians, we are to expect persecution. Let's look over in Scripture to John. Chapter 15 verses 19 to 20. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember, the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Ladies, God, before the foundation of the world, chose us to be his children. And as his children, we will suffer persecution. Turn over to Philippians chapter 1 verse 29. It says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake and then in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 it also says yes and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution I think the message is pretty clear here as Christians we will suffer persecution now as we see in scripture there are many who suffered for Christ's sake some survived And others gave their lives for Christ. For instance, Daniel was thrown into a den of lions because of his beliefs and practices. But God delivered him, didn't he? As we see in Daniel 6. His three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were condemned to death in a burning fiery furnace because they would not bow to an idol. But what happened to them? God miraculously spared their lives, didn't he? We see this in Daniel chapter 3. Another example is David. He constantly cried out to the Lord for deliverance from his enemies, as we see throughout the Psalms. Stephen, now he remember he was stoned to death because of his beliefs, as we see in Acts chapter 7. It has always been this way it began with cain and abel let's turn over our scripture to first john chapter 3 and let's read verses 11 through 12. it says for this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another not as cain who was the wicked one and murdered his brother and why did he murder him because his works were evil and his brothers righteous Ladies, persecution didn't stop there, did it? No, Christians today are still facing persecution every day. There is 2 million Christians in over 60 nations are persecuted every day. In many regions, Christianity is punishable by imprisonment or death. Over 150,000 believers are martyred every year and thousands of people a day are arrested imprisoned threatened tortured brutalized martyred solely because they are Christians ladies the question we need to ask ourselves is are we ready to pick up our cross and follow Christ would our names be found in the book of martyrs let's look at Matthew chapter 16 verses 24 and 25 say then Jesus said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me forever whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake, we'll find it. Ladies, we need to be ready to take up our cross and follow Christ no matter what the circumstances. But one thing we can be sure of is that God is there through every fiery trial, through every persecution, through every moment of our day to help carry us and support us, to redeem us, whether it is in this lifetime, or when we get to heaven. People whose ways are not of God indirectly express their hostility toward Him by venting their contempt and anger on His children. So it is not necessarily us that they are hostile towards, it is Christ in us, it is a spiritual matter. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 4 says, In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. And Peter also encourages us in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12, where it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you we are to expect persecution. It should not be strange to us. We will further examine Peter's exhortations of suffering for Christ as we continue in chapter 4 over the next couple of weeks. So as we see in verse 18, Christ paid the ultimate price for our sins. He was persecuted and suffered for us so that we could be in God's presence holy and acceptable to Him. Now let's continue and let's read verses 19 and 20 as we get a glimpse of what happened in between Christ's death and his resurrection it says by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few that is eight souls were saved through water." Now this passage is one of those more difficult passages to interpret. Bible scholars have debated these verses, and it still seems to be shrouded in mystery as to its exact meaning. But one thing we do know is that our own salvation does not depend on interpreting this passage. The controversy comes in when Peter said, he went and preached to the spirits in prison now some commentators say that christ was preaching the gospel giving these lost souls a second chance to accept him as their lord and savior now ladies nowhere in scripture do we find where once you die you are given a second chance to accept the lord as your savior now the word preach here does not always mean to preach the gospel it also means to proclaim or to make an announcement. So it could be that Christ was vindicating the way of faith, that he proclaimed that the faith of Noah and all other believers was victorious. Remember that Noah's faith and life were never vindicated during his lifetime. He was mocked, abused, and rejected by the people of his day. Therefore, it could be that Christ himself proclaimed the victory personally. This is one of those passages that the scholars have debated and we may never fully know the answer until we get to heaven. But again, just to stress, it is not something that our salvation depends on in order to interpret it. What we can concentrate on is the fact that Peter uses Noah as an example in this passage the Bible says in Genesis 6 9 that Noah was a righteous and blameless man let's read it he says these are the records of the generation of Noah Noah was a righteous man blameless in his time Noah walked with God he wholeheartedly loved and obeyed God and displayed godly character for most of his life he walked in faith as a living example to his generation Ladies like Noah we live in a world that constantly pressures us to compromise our integrity but as we stand against the world's pressures we show other believers how to maintain godly character in an evil world Noah is also mentioned with the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11:7 how what an awesome honor we have to ask, would our names be listed with the heroes of faith? This section could be used also as a powerful analogy, showing Noah and his family, eight in total, being snatched from an old world that was destined for destruction, carried in the ark through the raging waters of judgment storms, and placed safely. On the new land. Think about the picture here. Christ is our ark, and He is carrying us safely through the raging waters of persecution and trials, right? That come our way. We need to trust Him to meet our needs. Don't give in to life's pressures and compromise your faith, but trust that God is in control. Let's turn now to 1st Peter chapter 3 and look further into verses 21 and 22. It says, there is also an antitype, which now saves us, baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him when peter wrote that noah and his family were saved by water in verse 20 he was careful to explain as we see in verses 21 and 22 that this does not imply salvation comes through baptism only christ's blood can save us remember the thief on the cross was not baptized But what did Christ tell him on the cross? He said, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't say, today you must be baptized so that you can be with me in paradise. When we are baptized, we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Water cannot remove the stains of sin. Only Christ's blood can do this baptism is evidence of our salvation another way of saying it is baptism is an outward manifestation of an inward working by Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit you ever hear the saying if you are happy notify your face well a smile is an outward manifestation of an inward working within us that smile is representative of being happy inside. Peter now, in verse 22, enters into an exaltation of Christ and his victory over all opposition, whether attacks of Satan or the cruel treatment of those in authority. Peter himself had been an eyewitness to Christ's ascension. In Acts 1, chapter nine, It shows that he saw Jesus lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Jesus had gone into heaven, a place beyond the clouds, beyond our human sight, to be with God, to be seated at his right-hand side. In ancient cultures, to sit at the sovereign's right hand indicated a position of great favor and authority. At God's right hand, Christ has royal power and dignity as a result of his resurrection. Now, an interesting fact was that the high priest that prayed for the sins of the people in the Holy of Holies always stood as they prayed. And here we see Christ seated at the right hand side of God. His work. Is finished at the cross he said it is finished our sins have been paid for the debt is paid in full it is finished Christ's authority includes submission to him of angels authorities and powers in this context these words refer to all spiritual beings in the universe both good and evil everything on earth in heaven is already subject to Christ one day in the future when he comes to judge his power and authority will be made known to everyone so it is not difficult to understand Peter's closing phrase here when he says angels rulers and powers have been placed under his authority throughout this chapter Peter has repeatedly demanded that the followers of Jesus Christ submit to their earthly authorities. We now can see that these authorities are ordained by the same God who has died and risen again to save mankind from their sin and who now sits at the highest position of honor in heaven, where even the angelic beings are subject to his majesty. So in closing, we see Jesus Christ is both our Savior and our perfect example. He suffered terribly at the hands of his enemies, yet when whipped and scorned, he said nothing. Christ endured all of this for one specific reason to bring us to God. Because of this sacrifice, we can be in the very presence of God 24-7 every moment of every day ladies not only can we live in his presence daily but we will live throughout eternity with God yes we are to expect opposition if we are living godly lives we will suffer persecution but through it all we know that Jesus Christ has the final power over everything so we don't have to worry. Well, this completes chapter 3, In next week we will look at 1 Peter chapter 4 as we look at verses 1 through 11. Until then, God bless.